Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my man Gary Love coming at you as we do every Sunday morning from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. Talking all things in the world of sports. Gary, how are you this morning? I'm good. How you How you doing, Kelly? I am doing very well. We've got plenty to talk about this morning. You and I are, are correct me if I'm wrong, you're a Reds fan. Oh, absolutely. Lifelong Reds fan? Yes, yes. And I hate to lead the show. You know, we're a local show, and I know yeah. college basketball is in full effect uh, Friday in with Louisville over Robert Morris, and then IU with the win yesterday over Jacksonville State, mm-hmm. and obviously Kentucky, with out of the three, has to be the biggest victory, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they beat North Carolina in a neutral site, yes, yes. and they looked really good. Uh, so we're going to get to that and more college basketball talk uh, throughout the show today, but I'll go ahead and lead it. I'm looking at a, a Barry Larkin poster right here. Uh, uh, I'm looking at a 1976 World Championship Cincinnati Reds poster there. I mean, I'm a lifelong Reds fan, and what I have lacked in recent years, Gary, is any semblance of a reason to be excited about the Reds, okay? Oh, yeah. And what I was given over the past few days was just that. Christmas. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited about the Reds. They they acquired. All right. Well, first off, they dumped Homer Bailey. Yeah. And his massive contract. Mm-hmm. $28 million. $28 million. They got a pitcher, Travis Wood. They got a couple Alex, outfielders. Alex Wood. I'm sorry, Alex yeah. Wood. Not Tra- Travis used to pitch for the Reds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A- Alex Wood, good call. Yeah. Um, they also got two outfielders. Matt Kemp, who's maybe, according to some, a court, you know, uh, toward the end of his Major League Baseball career, yeah. but still has power and yeah. obviously a big name. But they also got Yasiel Puig, who, let's not be unrealistic here, he's polarizing. Yeah. He does some wild things on the field off the field, and he's not always the very best overall baseball player in the world. But what he does have is he has pop in his bat. He'll hit a lot of home runs. Especially at Great American Ballpark. In that band box of a a park. Yeah. We'll have to go to a game this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love going to a Reds game. Um, So what what they have right now is they have excitement around the team. So is it going to pan out exactly like you and I hope it will? Probably not. (laughs) You know, it's just like uh, they also got $7 million. They did. So, I mean, it helped, you know, alleviate some of those contracts. The Dodgers did turn around and dump Homer Bailey. So, it was obviously – you have to really follow Major League Baseball very closely to understand a trade like this. Yeah. I mean, granted, the Reds had to give up a top 10 player in their system and a – I think a number 12 player in their system. So, you know, they gave a little bit. Of, they're, they're investing in the present rather than the future because, let's be honest, I mean, they haven't been good for a long time. And this energizes the, the, the fan base. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I was excited when I seen it the other night. And you see the GM yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, got on the radio and said, we're not done yet. Yeah. Yeah. So Trying to contend yeah. for the NL Central, which realistically, you know, it's not that crazy to think they could have an okay season. So, no. uh, as the Cincinnati Reds fans, we are in the Louisville area with the Louisville Bats, obviously the AAA affiliate of the mm-hmm. Reds. I'll, I'll go ahead and label us a Cincinnati Reds market. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yasiel Puig inevitably will upset some of the fan base. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. There's no way around that. But he brings excitement. I got to see him in, play in person mm-hmm. a couple, probably three or four years ago at Great American Ballpark when he was with the Dodgers against the Reds. And I just remember thinking, pointing out to my friends I was with, like, that's Yasiel Puig. Look at him. God, he's just a physical specimen, kind of built like maybe Bo Jackson, yeah. just a freakish athlete. Um, doesn't always hustle on defense. Yeah. You know, he'll be out in the field and, and or, you know, or running the bases and you're he's watching. He's got a pretty good arm, though, don't he? He's got yeah. all the physical tools. Yeah. He has all the physical tools yeah. to be one of the best players in the world. Yeah. So, so I've we'll seen see. he's already been on Twitter with his Reds hat on, and his family had all the Reds gear. I love it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's almost like he needed to change his pace also. Sure. So, I mean, I don't know about the weather, you know, going from L.A. to Cincinnati, but. Yeah, he's Cuban guy. I mean, yeah, Cincinnati, you're right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he's not in for a, a rude awakening. Maybe right. the Cincinnati Reds can somehow transport some of that nice weather into town. Nice. I think you should be able to do that in 2018. Put a dome, put a dome over like a Toronto. Sure, make it make it like a Havana. <laughs> the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. As I said during the lead-in, plenty to talk about. I, I sat down with with my girlfriend Joe Best's family yesterday and, and watched the Kentucky-North Carolina game. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed. I was impressed by the degree of difficulty of the shots that North Carolina, on average, was forced to take. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, to me, appeared to play good team defense. Um, they passed the ball well. What was the statistic you said, Gary, about their made field goals and how many assists? Yeah, uh, Kentucky made 28 field goals yesterday. And of those 28, 24 were assisted, 85.7%, which is almost unheard of. So they shared the ball. Um, they made made North Carolina take tough shots. You shut down North Carolina's run game. Um, they they kept Kobe White under under containment. Uh, Luke May, I mean, Grant, you he said, had tr- you, sh- you said shut down their run game, shut down their – their, Fast break. Their, their, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were saying a football term, but you no. mean run game. You yeah. mean they're, they're up – up tempo, tempo, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they you know, they like to get that ball and go. And uh Kentucky did a real good job most of the game getting back on defense. They got beat a couple of times, but uh no, um I mean North Carolina is the number one rebounding team in America and Kentucky out rebounded them by eleven. So they I mean No way around it. That was a big yeah. I guess we can say a statement victory for this Kentucky team. Yes. I haven't looked at the box score. Gary, I know you're very on top of it. For mm-hmm. our listeners who are not familiar, Gary Love on Twitter, uh, at Scouting You, mm-hmm. follows all this very closely. Uh, did Jamal Baker play much yesterday? I, I did see him. Yeah, he played 15 bit. minutes. He didn't score, but he was 0 for 3. Okay. But, yeah, he played 15 minutes, so they're gradually getting him back into basketball shape. Um, but post-losing Quad A Green. Yeah. Everything's fine. Doesn't look like that's much of a hiccup. No, no, not at all. I mean, I liked Quad A. I was, a, you know, I was a Quad A fan. I mean, sometimes I wanted him in the game as running the point for composure, not getting rattled. But other than that, he didn't really bring a whole lot. 
on uh, you know he led the team in turnovers, and he played half the time the rest of the point guards played. I mean, yeah, he shot forty three percent from threes, but he didn't. I mean, it ain't like he was out there shooting fifty or sixty of them. I mean, he hit four out of ten. But I don't know. I mean, I I'll be pulling for him. He's at Washington now. He committed to Washington, which made sense because Mike Hopkins was the Syracuse assistant, and Syracuse was his when in, in his final two. That'd be a good spot for him. Um, Other guys from from the game mm-hmm. were sticking on this Kentucky win over North Carolina. I was impressed with the, you know, the stat line is one thing, but watching yeah. the game, Reed Travis really stood out to me as being just very active. Yeah, he's a bully inside. I put it. I put it the first five minutes of the game. Nobody on that team can guard him. Why don't they just go inside out? I mean, they they couldn't guard him. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelton Johnson's probably still the best player. Yeah, he had 21 yesterday. Uh, four out of seven from three. You know, since he made that half-court three-pointer against Seton Hall, he's like 12 out of his last 17 from three-point range. It's, it's pretty good. He, he's a talented yeah, player. because he wasn't known as a shooter coming out of high school. So you, you can tell he's worked on that part of his game. I mean, he's still got to get Tyler Hero going he was six out of 17 but he had i mean he he had five assists four rebounds 15 points it's a good stat line for a freshman um pj almost had a triple double he did have uh 10 rebounds 11 points 10 rebounds eight assists that's pretty good um shot 34 percent from three-point range nine out of 26 not bad i mean if you could hit nine three-pointers a game you'd think you're gonna win the game mm-hmm. um Hagens was the difference. He had eight steals. That's wild. Eight steals, three uh, three blocks, four rebounds, seven points. From from point guard, I mean, what else you want? And he twisted his ankle in the first half. So he's playing on a bum ankle the whole second half. And he shut Kobe White down. Kobe White, you know, all-time leading scorer in North Carolina history in high school. Uh, three out of ten, thirty minutes, eight points, two assists. So he was a, he was not a factor in the game at all. Who's the big guy with the beard for North Carolina? Luke May. Yeah, I mean he ended up with uh, what did he, he end up with sixteen points, but he's six out of thirteen, and he he couldn't get anything going either. He's not related to the other Mays from North Carolina, Sean May. <laughs> no, no, I'd say no. But uh, did Where, you, is he a Euro, European guy, or he looked no. almost European? Mm-mm. Luke May, okay. No, I he's think, pretty good. He was pretty. Active. He is. You yeah. know, he started his career off as a walk-on, okay, and earned, earned a scholarship. Wow. I mean, he had scholarship offers to other places, but I think his dream was North Carolina, so he agreed to walk on with the. I don't know what to say. With you know, he'd have the opportunity to earn a scholarship. Sure, and he did, and it's it's panned out for him. I mean, he's he's their best player. Right now. Um, but, you know, he couldn't get any shots off. Uh, and he looked like he was gassed at the end of the game. And and you don't see that a whole lot from North Carolina. North Carolina, as, as much as they've run, I just don't think Roy Williams uses uh, Little very much. I mean, Little was like top 15 in America, and he gets 14 minutes a game. So, I don't know. Um but yeah, it was it was a great team win. I've said I've been saying for last week, you got North Carolina and Louisville back to back. You have to get one of them. You can't lose them both. 
Because mm-hmm. it kills you come tournament time. But if you get one, then you're good. Obviously, we're going to spend some of our time today previewing the pretty big game coming up Saturday. Yeah. Between the Louisville Cardinals and the Kentucky Wildcats. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that game as of right now? Both teams, are, you know, for, for a local flavor, mm-hmm. Louisville, IU, and Kentucky are all, you know, they're not doing bad. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's engaged, and we get to see two of them matched up on Saturday. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about this matchup? Both teams have an advantage. Louisville has an advantage because they're, best, they're the best three-point shooting team that probably Kentucky will face here until they play Auburn. Um, Kentucky, Louisville cannot stay with Kentucky down low. So it just depends on if, if Kentucky can stop the three or at least contain it more than they have been. I don't see how Louisville can beat them. But that's my opinion. I'm sure I'll get called out on it. But I just think if Kentucky guards the three, Louisville has nothing inside for them. Okay. What do you think? Watching that team yesterday, that neutral site, Calipari-led Kentucky team, they moved the ball well, and they played good team defense. Mm-hmm. It looks like that'll be problematic to me for Louisville, who, let's be honest, won on Friday, mm-hmm. but should not have – it shouldn't have been that close against Robert Morris. No, it was a 25-point spread. Yeah, it should not have been that close yeah. for Robert Morris. And they led it half, didn't they? Robert Morris was up, what, seven and seven or eight in the first half? So I don't know if it was just focus. It's usually when you play teams like that, it's a lack of focus. You want to get home for the holidays. You know that you can win the game by any means necessary. And they turned it on. Well, they go on a 22-4 to run in the second half. But like you said, it was closer than what it should have been. Certainly was closer than what it should have been. Uh, Christian Cunningham did not, 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 not did not play. Uh, no. Apparently, he I think he had a concussion in practice. Yeah, I have a feeling he'll be there. He'll be ready for the the, the Kentucky game. Yeah, he should be. Um, so, but you know, them things can linger around too. Yeah, yeah, concussion is a a a, a big thing yeah. in 2018. Yeah, you don't want to play around with it. So it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if they announced Christian Cunningham will not play. But my gut says he'll be ready. Yeah. I I think whoever Ryan McMahon is guarding, sure. Oh, they wow. should go to they should go to the basket every single time. Going to have the athleticism, absolutely uh, advantage over Ryan McMahon, no matter yeah. what. But on the other hand, you got to guard him too because he'll shoot it from anywhere. Oh yeah, yeah, he's capable of yeah. uh, etching his name into some history books mm-hmm. because you and I both know in a rivalry game, even if the teams are not real evenly matched. You don't know who's going to win. It's always the one that you don't expect to go off. They go off. Like Josh Harrelson. Sure. Golly, that year. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget that. Russ Smith had a big game against Kentucky once. Yeah. Edgar Sosa with the dagger. I was what? at that game. Were you? Oh, yeah. It was sad. <laughs> I was at that game. What are some of the – all right. Let's have a theme to the – a little bit of a theme to the first hour of the show. Gary. Okay. What are some of the biggest performances – Ever in the Louisville versus Kentucky basketball game. You had Rex Chapman's 34 as a freshman okay. in 86. And they won that game. He dunked on Kenny Payne so hard I thought he was going to retire. 
Um, I think Derek Miller had 34 on, Kentucky, on uh, Louisville one time. Derek Miller, yeah, 80, I'm going to say 87, 88. Okay. Yeah. So Rex, that's his name, Derek Miller? Derek Miller. I, I thought you were talking about who's the Derek they recently had from, from was it Bullet County? Oh, you're talking about uh, Derek Willis. Derek Willis, okay. Yeah, I don't you know. say Derek and I automatically yeah. thought I Okay, so Rex Chapman, Derek yeah. Miller. Derek Miller. Um, Patrick Sparks. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> but you know what? Though? You're naming just Kentucky guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the Louisville guys. <laughs> All right. Um, recently. Hey, you're Sosa. Yeah, I'll get to Sosa. Samaki so uh, Walker had Samaki a tricky Walker. triple double. All right, yeah. so, so Sosa. Yeah. Samaki Walker, triple double, I think, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. He, had, he had like 10 blocks. Um, I can't think of a whole lot of little guys. We didn't well, come Russ in. Smith. To... Russ Smith, did you put him down there? I'll put him down. Yep. Um, we, 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 we did not come into the first hour planning to do this. Tyler Ulis. Ulis, Remember okay, he, golly. He busted his eye open and it kind of set him off. Willie Colley Stein. Okay. So far, we only have one, two, three Louisville guys and one, two, three, five Kentucky guys. That's okay. No, there's. Uh, What's the score in the all time series? Um, Kentucky's up pretty handily on that. Yeah. I think it's like 29 to 15 or something like that. Okay. So, and they've won eight out of the last 10. Kentucky's eight and two in the last 10. Um, I don't know. I mean,. Louisville has the benefit of being at home. They got the home crowd. Um, but it's going to be – I think it's going to be a tough game. That's good. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Because Louisville don't want to run with Kentucky. Sure. Um, they play the pack line defense. Uh, I mean, like Virginia does. I mean, Louisville likes to score – Chris Mack likes to score points, but I, he's not going to run against Kentucky. Um, like they interviewed – uh, Roy Williams yesterday at halftime. They said, "Look, you know, Kentucky shut your transition down your, uh, in the first half. What are you going to do?" He said, "We're going to go faster." And then they got down by 13 points, <laughs> so they had to kind of lay off that a little bit too. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's going to be there's going to be at least one guy that nobody expects to go off. You know, like Tyler Hero's due for a good game. Uh, Is Tyler Hero a defensive liability? Yes, absolutely. To what degree? Because, you know, I was watching the game. It's always interesting because there's so many angles to a basketball game. There's 10 guys on the court at once. You got Twitter sphere that's covering every little aspect of everything. Um, and I was saying during the game, I was saying, man, Kentucky looks like they're playing good deep. Another good defensive possession for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I would see, you know, people tweeting out, well, can't have Tyler Hero in the game. Defensive lapses he he's great at jumping the passing lanes he leads the team in steals well he did until yesterday uh, I think Ashton Hagens yeah but he's great at jumping the passing lanes but sometimes he jumps the passing lanes when he has no way to get the ball which means he gets beat to the back door uh it also gets him beat on backdoor plays when he overplays so it's not like he's terrible defender he just gets out of position I mean, he's not going to have his man in front of him. He's going to take him straight to the basket. He's just out of position where his man's got a step or two on him, and he's beat that way. I don't think he's terrible. I mean, he's better. Than, he's he's better than Quade Green was. A defense. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I don't know who else you can put out there. You can put Jamal Baker out there, but his lateral quickness isn't there yet either. You know what I do like about Tyler Hero is, and his outside shot is not falling quite as much as Kentucky fans would like, or, or maybe as some of them had projected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did like that move to the basket. He showed some real uh, – he's got some hops. Yes, he does. Okay, so he made a nice move to the basket, finished with his left. Very pretty. Yep. Uh, so Tyler Hero has uh, – uh, I heard him yesterday compared a little little bit to Rex Chapman as yeah. far as his athleticism, yep. you know, his explosiveness to the basket. Rex said he shoots it a little bit better this this point in his career that Tyler Hero does because Rex said he wasn't that great of a shooter coming out of high school. Wait a second. Rex said that Tyler, oh, Tyler, Tyler Hero is a better shooter than Rex was? At this point in his career. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Rex Rex is one of, was the first one that compared him to himself. Okay. Um but Tyler Hero's mid-range game is unreal. So when he, when the game starts off and he's not hitting any threes, he needs to get himself going, pull up jumpers. He gets himself in trouble. It's either a three or he drives too far underneath and he turns the ball over because there's so many hands there. If he uses that mid-range pull-up, it'll open everything else up for him. Um, but, yeah, he's a I, – I like him. You know why? Because he's not afraid to shoot. Even though he's in a slump, a lot of guys get in a slump and they don't want to shoot. If you're a shooter, shooter, shoot. Yeah. So that's what I think he should keep doing. You know who comes to mind for me when you say that is Luke Hancock. Yeah. Uh, early on in his tenure, he was known as being a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. I remember it clear as day. Flat-footed, three-point stroke. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, actually the statistics going into that season were that when he was – Previously in college, Luke Hancock was a real good shooter, but he, he didn't actually even shoot that many threes. Right. He was more of a mid, mid-range shooter. Pump fake, go around. Yep. Yeah. Um, but what he did was he came in, and kind of like you're describing, he continued to shoot. He shot a lot of threes yep. at Louisville, and early in the season, the Louisville fan base was like, what the hell? We brought this white guy shooter in, and he's missing all his shots? <laughs> and uh, as it proved in time... The trust in him and his confidence mm-hmm. certainly uh, came to fruition and paid dividends for the Louisville fan base as he, he had that exact – like kind of like a defensive back in, in football. Yeah. You got to have a short memory. Yep. Right? You get burnt. Uh, you give up an outside touchdown to Randy Moss. You got to forget about that. Mm-hmm. Continue to – you can't play, play too passive the next possession. You know? You yep. cannot pass – if you're Tyler Hero or Luke or any shooter, cannot – Pass up an open shot. No, and they're wide open. Eventually, they'll start. They'll, he's too good of a shooter for him to miss all year. It's just you know, it's like like you said, Luke Hancock. You can miss fifteen in a row, but once you've watched, you got this second one in. I mean that that first one in. Next thing you know, you think you're on a hot streak. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. It's five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your input on the upcoming Louisville versus Kentucky rivalry basketball game. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Brian the Insider. Brian, how are you this morning? Good morning, Gary and Kelly. First of all, Merry Christmas to both of you. Also, Chris and Steve and uh, your whole staff there, Kelly. It's been another great year listening to your show. And uh, just want to wish your staff there and all your listeners a Merry Christmas. 
Thank you very much, Brian, and same to you. Merry Christmas to you, and, and you are actually a big part of the show also, so thank you so much. I'll start out, Brian. Um, you're familiar with this Louisville and Kentucky rivalry game. What is your finest memory from the rivalry? Well, not growing up with the rivalry. I grew up in Ohio, so I didn't know a lot about the rivalry uh, until uh, the late 80s when I moved to Louisville, early 90s, and... Uh, um, I don't know if it's a fond memory, but by far and away, the first thing that sticks out to me was the absolute, and I've never seen this probably uh, in any sporting event I've ever watched, and that's pretty much, you can ask my wife, that's all I do is watch sporting events. But the intensity level uh, in the year that uh, Bledsoe was there, the one year Bledsoe was there, and, and Cal and, and, and Patino hated each other, and, and the absolute intensity level to start that game and it looked like to me that all 10 guys and the other 10, 20 guys on the bench really didn't want to do anything but fight. And, and it was really a sloppy first five minutes of the game. But, I mean, it was you, – you could cut the intensity with a knife. And that, that, that really, if you don't know how bad both teams want to win this game, go back and watch the first five minutes of that game, and you'll see the intensity level. And that, that, that right there sticks out to me. I mean, I know they're – I love hearing and reminiscing about all the great individual performances. And, man, there's a lot of them on both sides. But to me, that, that intensity level, it, it just best describes what this rivalry is all about. All right, great hey, stuff. While, while I'm talking yeah. about that, how great did Kentucky look yesterday, guys? Congratulations, Gary and Chris. And I tell you, the, uh, what a great game. I mean, you know, they really put it all together. And uh, I tell you what, uh, I was very impressed with the way they moved the ball. But I think that was the most assist I've seen. Twenty-four, Gary, twenty-four, twenty-six assists, the most yeah. in two or three years. So uh, I just thought the, uh, the, the the way that the offense was spread and the way that uh, they moved the ball was exceptional. Yeah, I agree. They twenty-four assists is pretty pretty good night. Yeah, PJ Washington, man. Uh, you know, now as Kentucky fans, I've I, really been impressed with Chris Mack and the way he's able to adjust defensively. But I'd be very surprised if Chris Mack is going to allow P.J. Washington to continually throw that little dump-off bounce pass that uh, Rory Williams, man, when you watch the, the tape, I commented looking at it. I mean, that guy looked like he, uh, if he doesn't need to check out and, and, and retire, I don't know who does. I mean, he had a... He had a look in his eye during that game that uh, he was really uh, out of it, and he made no adjustments. And uh, he just he got signed, a lot of talent. I know he just I'm signed an eight-year extension too. He'll be coaching until he's seventy-six. Well, I'm not a big Roy Williams fan at all, and I thought he did an absolute horrible job. I mean, and Cal just kept going back to it. And, and PJ Washington, what a great passer for a big man. But the guy I really like, Gary, is, is Richards. Uh, I think he's got a big upside, and he's just flat big, and he's a difference maker when he's in there for the Cats, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he needs to uh, his his whole thing. I've always been a Nick Richards fan. He just has mental lapses, and Cal Cal sometimes pulls him out too quick. He needs to let him work through that. Yeah, I agree. And Hagen's look good. I got to admit, I, and I watch every Kentucky game. My wife's a diehard Kentucky fan, and, and I watch every game. And this team, for some reason, 
I guess it's just early in the season, but by now I know everybody. I'm having a heck of a time. Maybe I'm getting old. I'm having a heck of a time really getting everyone's name down and knowing who's who. I did. I really tried to study up on it. I thought, man, I can't go into a Louisville game not knowing who the Kentucky players are, but uh, I was real impressed with Hagen's too yesterday, guys. Yeah, and, and people don't realize he's supposed to be a senior in high school. He graduated wow. early, yes. Well, he'll be a one-and-done, right? No, How many no. guys, Gary, on this team are going to be gone? Oh, really? No, no, he, he won't be a one-and-done. He, he don't have – people will start to realize later later in the year he don't have an offensive game yet. His jumper's not there. Um, he's fast. He can play defense. And, and at 6'2", point guard, that's not going to get you a first-round draft pick. Well, we've seen stranger stuff happen, so yeah. uh, I hope – that's what that's what UK needs. Uh, Travis is exactly what any team needs: a fifth year transfer. Yeah, and that's that's a. Uh, but I, you know, that's what Cal needs. Cal needs to bring a couple guys back each year. But uh, I'm looking forward to. I went to the Louisville game. My wife and I went to the Louisville game, and uh, man, I scared to death. I thought Robert Morris thoroughly outplayed the Cards in the first half, and uh, I'm. I didn't know that they were going to win the game, so. They definitely threw a dud out in that game. Yeah, that guy uh, Andy Tool for uh, Robert Morris. He, I think he, the coach. I think he should have struck while the iron's hot. After B. Kentucky had a couple of job offers, and uh, he decided to stay at Robert Morris. And these last three years, they've really struggled. Yeah, well, he he did a nice job. I watched him on the floor. If you want a young coach to go out and get, I tell you what, I. He was the intensity level that he had going yep. in that game was fantastic, and uh, I was very impressed. I'm, I'm kind of shocked at their record because they play a lot of teams like that. They're going to beat a lot of teams, but uh, Cards turned it around the second half. But uh, that wasn't really the prep game you want going into the UK game, and uh, so it was. Uh, it should be a real interesting game, but the Cards are going to have to play a whole lot better. What do you guys think the spread's going to be in that game? Kim Palm's got Kentucky winning by one. 74 to oh, 7. I think it's more than that. Yeah, well, yes. so, so you think Vegas will have it higher than that? Though. Yeah, I think I so. I think three to five. I think Louisville will be favored, though. Favor. I think Louisville will be oh, favored. No. Yeah, home, home, no. Yeah, home home court gets you three points. Um, before not, the, not in this rivalry, it doesn't, because there's not going to be, there'll be, uh, let's say they get 23,000 there. Yeah. We'll have seven or 8,000 UK fans there. Yeah, I agree. And, with that. uh, so, so no, I don't think it's three points in this. It, now, it's it's about seven points when they play in rough. rough. So, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, but I think I say three to five UK is what Vegas will have. As of right now, it says on ESPN that according to the ESPN's Basketball Power Index, there is a 53.8% likelihood that Louisville will win. And then obviously a forty six point two percent likelihood that Kentucky will win. Yeah. So according to the power index, ESPN saying it's a Louisville will most likely win. There is not a, a, a line out yet. Yeah, it don't come out to the day of the game. But no, but they're gonna they're gonna have to factor the last two games in, which was fantastic for Kentucky and not so good for Louisville. Uh, I did notice that Louisville is uh, up to number seventeen in the net rankings, and UK's not twenty ninth. So uh, that's supposed to be the thing that is replacing the RPI. So yeah. uh, I know yesterday in Ken Palm, Kentucky went from 18 to 15. Yeah. But now, I, I will say this. 
it was a fantastic effort by, by the U.K., but, man, oh, man, North Carolina, they got some butterfingers. Uh, I tell you what, there, there's some uh, – like I said, I thought Roy Williams, he's got a, a lot of talent on that team. That looked to me like a very poorly coached team to me. I think he – I think he – kind of restrains the freshman a little too much you know he puts him on a two two to three year plan there's no way at, at little guys should be playing 14 minutes a game he's too good yeah no i agree with you they got a lot of talent and uh you know that uh, but it was a great effort by kentucky and uh cal sure looked happy after the game i know you know a lot of kentucky fans have been upset my buddies have been upset with the way this you know the transfer deal the transfer, they didn't look like they missed green to me yesterday. I mean, no. where were you going to play? Yeah, I agree. And I think over the years, Cal has done a great job of keeping people happy. Uh, I mean, you're bringing five-star guys in. That they all want to play. Like you bring a three-star, you bring any guy in, today's kids, they want immediate gratif- you know, gratification and get going. And uh, I think Cal's done a heck of a management job all over these years keeping everyone happy. Yeah. Great stuff as always. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm sorry. Great stuff as always from our man Brian, the insider. Brian, before we let you go, anything else in the world of sports that has you intrigued this weekend? Well, I had my grandson Johnny over yesterday, and we were watching the NBA. And uh, man, I watched a great uh, triple overtime game between the Suns. They had that Aiton guy, uh, the Arizona guy, and it was a heck of a game. Finally, it was one and three overtimes, but. Uh, uh, Darius, our Booker played very good for Phoenix too. So, uh, you know, it, it was interesting, but, you know, kind of made me think back to the FBI scandal. Didn't they have, didn't they acknowledge that that Aiton was paid money? They, I mean, that, you know, and nothing ever happened with that, did it? Well, there's, they're still investigating. I mean, they, they finally turned it over to the NCAA, but I mean, it's, it's almost right now. He said, she said, they said they didn't. And Christian Dawson said he did. But I and I haven't looked at it in a while. But going back, you know, I, I think uh, I think that uh, I, I read where it was pretty obvious that Aiton was paid. But man, he looked good last night. He's a he's a big body. I didn't know much about him when he played out in Arizona, but uh, he looked like the number one overall pick last night, and uh, he's starting to really come into his own. So I've been enjoying the NBA, watching a lot of NBA games, and my Pacers are doing real well. And uh, it's a great time in the basketball, but. All eyes are on the bluegrass leading into this Saturday, and uh, I'll be pulling for my Cardinals, but I'll be pulling more for a good game, a good clean game without a lot of drama and a lot of emotion. And the fan bases, hopefully, there's, uh, there's no drama in that area either. I'm with you on that, Brian. Thank you so much for your call, as always. Brian, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Great stuff there for our man Brian, the insider. While while Brian was talking, I got to pull up some more the stats. Who had good games? Okay, it only goes back to Cal's first season and just a winning team. I mean, I forgot about Michael Gilchrist, twenty four points, nineteen rebounds. Okay, wow. Yeah, um, Quinn Snyder, twenty two points, six rebounds, five assists, and uh, of course last. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Game. That wasn't that long ago. No, twenty sixteen. And then uh, you had uh, Shea Alexander last year, 24.5 rebounds, four assists, and three steals. Can you go ahead and tell me the Snyder stat line again? Uh, 22 points, six rebounds, five assists. Wow. Yeah. 
That's a pretty good game, and I remember that too because he was hitting everything. He's hitting some free throws. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. He was a was he a freshman? No, 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 no. no. He, he was. He was a senior. He was, okay, yeah. he was a senior. Yeah, yeah, because he came in and played a big role as a freshman. Yes, in that he did. Game, yep. Yep. Uh, which was contrary to Rick's style to have a, a, a freshman point guard playing that much, but they were kind of forced into it. I forget uh, who was the senior. Was it Siva? Was Siva a senior when Snyder was a freshman? Yeah, I forget. Maybe it could have been. Yeah. yeah. But I always yeah because they won the 2013 and if Snyder was a senior in 2016 he had to been fresh. I think maybe Sivu was in foul trouble or something like that. But uh, so many great performances. We're opening up the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz line. We would love to have your calls. We would love to hear from you. What memories about this rivalry stand out to you the most? Also. Which players have had the biggest games in the rivalry history? We've got a list going right now uh, thus far, who I have on my list. And you you just named a couple more, actually. You said Quentin Snyder. You said, all right, so M, uh, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. Yep. And then also uh, Shay Alexander. Shay Alexander. All right, so thus far we have Rex Chapman, Derek Miller, yep. Patrick Sparks, Edgar Sosa, Samaki Walker, Russ Smith, Tower Eulis, Willie Cauley-Stein. Yeah. James Young, Quinn 18 Snyder. and 10. Okay. <laughs> so, it's just, I mean, and, and yeah, Russ Smith had 21 and three assists in 2012. That was their championship year. And they beat Kentucky. Yes. They did, okay. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Quentin Snyder, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, and Alexander. Yeah. Uh, Brian did mention the, he said the Bledsoe, and I do remember Bledsoe being a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I think the most memorable part of that game is the Swapshire and Cousins. Yeah. Right? Yep. It was just a very hostile one. That was the most hostile. Was that the most hostile environment you've ever seen from a college basketball game? It was hostile, yeah. I mean, being Cal's first year. See, I don't – when I think of that game, I don't think of the the, the DeMarcus Cousins thing at all. I think of Reginald Delk uh, saying something to Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. And Cal saying something to Reginald Delk saying, no, you just, wrong guy, you don't want none of that guy. I forget what Cal said, but it was something the along the lines guy. of, he'll kick your ass. I think Cal was saying stuff like that. There's some audio out there yeah. of um, of that. But, yeah. yeah, you're right. That's a name that's a, a familiar, obviously, cousin of, of Tony Delk, right? Reggie Delk. Nephew. Nephew, okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. so so some relations there. Rick obviously had coached Tony at the University of Kentucky and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kenny Payne was on the st- you know, so it's all uh there was a lot of connections both ways. Yeah. They, you know, so always plenty of fuel for the fire. Mm-hmm. Chris Mack does not bring in that much hatred. You know, uh, yeah. most Kentucky fans do not hate Chris Mack. No. I, I don't know anybody that does. Yeah, and that maybe will come about over time. I know Kentucky fans were not always real big on Danny Crum. Yeah. And he wasn't a former Kentucky coach. Right. Um, so, I mean, they, they got to where they didn't like him. And I would imagine if, if things go as planned for the Louisville Cardinals fan base, in time the Kentucky fan base will, in fact, hate Chris Mack. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, They can't love him forever. Well, you've seen what Chris Mack. Hatred rivals is what Chris Mack and Mick Cronin had. Oh, my God. That was the... 
That was like the John. That was like the uh, John Chaney Calipari when John Chaney was a Temple. Sure. Okay. Hatred. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, over where, time, where is Temple? Is that in Philadelphia? Yes. Okay, so Temple and UMass aren't that far from each other. No, and they not were the rivals. same as the Xavier. In Cincinnati, Cincinnati, though, that was a... Re- like, what, nine miles apart? They're, yeah, they're that, that was a unique deal. Yeah. Um, We're going to head to a break. I yeah, hate to interrupt you there. we got our man Douglas Wolverton helping us out this morning. Uh, we're going to head to a break. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram bus line 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. What are your memories from this rivalry, and who do you nominate for having a big game, even if it was... A subtle big game. I want to hear who you remember from really showing up in this rivalry game from years past. Gary and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. I need them. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. WXVW, the Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Gary Love. Talking Louisville and Kentucky rivalry basketball games. I told Gary during the break, this is the easiest show of the damn year. Um, all we have to do is is kind of remember some of our memories from this rivalry. I've lived here since I was... Seven years old. I'm 35 now. So, you know, if you're a sports fan, you've lived in this area, you have any connection to the rivalry, you got stories. I mean, there's no way around that. Got a great text from our man, Mike Gandolfo. He said to me that we got to make sure to include Josh Harrelson on our list. And I, I added him to my list. Gary acknowledged and, you know, pointed out that, yeah, he Gary had mentioned him early. I, I somehow had not added him to my list, but great catch there, Mike. Oh, yeah. Uh, Josh Harrelson in his <sighs> workhorse mentality was so substantial in that one game. Well, you, what, what year was that? Uh, 2011. Okay. And you talking about – That was Cal's first year. No, second year. Second, okay, yeah. I'm sorry, second year. Um, you talking about making zero adjustments that game – Rick Pitino made zero adjustments. They doubled Terrence Jones every single time. All he did was a look over his shoulder dump off for a dunk, Josh Harrelson, the whole game. And he never adjusted out of that. Would you say that that game kind of got Josh Harrelson an NBA contract? Yes. Maybe. I mean, he, he played pretty well. I mean, like, he played really well against Ohio State in the, in the, in the tournament. He was a good college basketball player. Yeah, for his last year. He didn't play, but his last year. Big physical guy. He could step out and shoot if he had to. Still making money overseas. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the reason he got that starting row, because uh, Daniel Orton left, and nobody thought he was leaving. He averaged three points a game. And he got drafted in the first round. So that kind of forced forced Josh Harrelson into action. Yeah, yeah. other memories from the rivalry, Gary. I know you're a Kentucky guy. Yes. You, you, you've, you've been around this rivalry 
for a long time. Long time. You and Chris are, are first cousins. Mm-hmm. I was just texting with our man Chris Embry, and he he said there's a little bit of a story um, that you you and him had during uh, while you were at the game. Yes. Was that the the game that Sosa Edgar Sosa hit the three from the top of the key to win the damn game? I, it wasn't the best shot selection. Right, right, right. No, because they ran the time all the way down. It was almost like a bailout. Yeah, bailout shot. But it was so typical of Edgar Sosa to yeah. take that shot, and it almost <sighs> it almost legitimized his entire uh, sloppy shot selection yeah. throughout his entire career. For Louisville fans, that he took that and nailed it at the most opportune time yeah. historically, he'll forever be uh, remembered for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what happened? All right, so Chris and I get tickets to the the U of L UK game. Um, I'm not. I've coached it this game long enough to where if, if I'm watching a game, when I watch it, I'm breaking down what could have. Done differently, stuff like that. So I don't really talk. I don't talk trash during the game. Um, so Sosa comes down, hits the three-pointer at the buzzer, and the guy next to me starts pointing at me. And I'm like, who? He's like, you. And I'm like, who? He's like, you. And he, he flips me off. You're wearing Kentucky stuff. Yes. So he's wanting to – He flips you off. He, he comes out in the aisle wanting to fight. I'm like, dude, you just won the game. That guy had been drinking all day. Oh, it had to have been. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was at Freedom Hall. Alcohol is brings out the worst of people. Yeah, so, and I'm over there. It looks like I'm going to get in a fight. And I look back, and my high school teacher coming down, look like this guy's out of his mind this late in life. But I'm like, it just. So, so your high school teacher what? Was, was looking behind me. She was like, Gary, I look back, and, and, and I was like, oh, hi. You know, and I look like I'm about to get in a fight at a UFL UK game. And, but, and they're like, some things never change. But nothing really <laughs> came of it. No, no, no. I mean, I walked off because I'm not going to fight somebody at a. Basketball game. I mean, that's kind of nonsense at my age. Oh, yeah, at any age. You don't yeah. want to get into I train, um, you know, some martial arts. And if anything, the more that I've trained, the less that I want to actually get into a fight, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean you could get stabbed and you could get a, you know. Yep. If someone's actually going to fight you out in public, that tells you that person's pretty crazy. Crazy. And that, that's scary. Yeah. I got a buddy. He's uh, done Taekwondo his whole life. Okay. Every time we've ever been out and somebody's tried to fight him, he's the the peacemaker. Sure. Can we just talk this over? Because he knows what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I'm just I just think it's silly. It is. It, it's uh. And you know, Chris is a big guy. So. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, I I've seen some things he's done before in his life. I try to uh, keep him calm. <laughs> I had a story also. Um, I think it was that first 2010 year. I went out that night. Who won the game that year? 2010. Well, Cal's first year. Who won Louisville? Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. Yeah, Kentucky won. So I think I, I, yeah, I went out with a bunch of friends, and we had a, a wild night that involved some some chaos and basically a, a barroom brawl. I'm not proud of, but, I mean, it was um, it was a, a hell of a memory. Yeah. And uh, – <laughs> And stuff. People get so crazy. Yeah. Like I said, alcohol brings out the the the, the craziest uh, parts of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll use that. We've only got a few minutes left in the first hour, but we're talking about substance abuse. Josh Gordon uh, was had to be let go from the Patriots because, as far as I know, he continually tested positive for THC for marijuana. Yeah. 
Okay, which is absolutely crazy to me that 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 could be what causes you to. I mean, now, you know, in the NFL's defense, I guess you would say, if they're enforcing a rule and saying you can't do this, then Josh Gordon shouldn't have done it. Right. But I mean, alcohol is, in my opinion, so much worse than yes. marijuana. Yes. Alcohol makes people into straight jackasses. Yep. Good people, rational people. Yep. Give them a, a six pack, even even a few beers, and they just liquid courage. Yeah, they're yeah. they're wanting to fight somebody that maybe they'd be friends with the week before because they're a Louisville fan and they're a Kentucky fan or yeah. or whatever. Um, marijuana doesn't seem to do that as much. I I don't get it, man. And you know, and Josh Gordon act, walks around acts like he's never going to get drug tested. I mean, he's been, he's been suspended for so many times. I mean, there's probably guys in the league that's probably go their whole career without getting. Sure, but he is. I mean, he has a bulls on his back. Yeah, and, and you know, he, reports have come out that he drank it before games and during games. I think, and oh, in college at least, those Star- Sarkeesian thing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we got the Louisville and Kentucky game coming up on Saturday. What is it? Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Yep. All eyes will be on the Yum Center. Yep. Number one market in America for college basketball. Yep. Yep. Uh, not only for the local eyes, you're right, mm-hmm. but for anybody who cares about college basketball across the country. Now, obviously here, college basketball is a much bigger deal than it is across the country. I got a one buddy in particular who lives down in Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. and he tells me he moved down there from Louisville, and when I talk to him, he tells me people don't care about college basketball. If you have a pro team, it's a pro market. Yeah, people don't care about college basketball at all. Really, yeah. outside of certain markets, we're in one of those markets where it's a big deal. So, all the eyes collectively will be on uh, Coach Cal versus Chris Mack in their first clash. Yeah, uh, saw some some positive signs out of David Paget. He was at the Bellarmine game yep. uh, over the past week, and David Paget will forever be remembered as a part of this transition. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always guys like that. If you're naming the Louisville basketball coaching tree or the, the lineage, I suppose, would be John Dromo, Peck Hick- Hickman. Hickman yeah. I don't think Dromo was even a coach very long. Maybe he passed away yeah. or something. Uh, then, obviously, Denny Crum. You'll always have to mention David Padgett, yeah. right, Yep. as a part of that. Uh, uh, he got him a new gig. He uh, did, yep. He's going to be a TV analyst. I think his first game, he says Boston College or something like that. Yep. Yeah. I think he'll do a great job I with think it. so, too. You know, he came up, uh, was raised by his father. Was it in Vegas or something or Nevada? I forget where. I'll bring it up. But his father was a high school basketball coach, and you could tell when he played for Louisville. He was kind of like Gorgie, Gorgie Jang a little bit, maybe not quite as athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a – a big man who at the top of the key was a good passer. He could hit yeah. jumpers. He could shoot. Um, but he could kind of do it all. Yeah. So, you got ha, for for me, I loved watching him play. I love David Padgett's game and what he can bring, the perspective that he can bring to the table for analysis. I think that's a great hire. Yes, I do too. He played for Rick Pitino. He played for uh, Roy – I think he played for Roy Williams for a year at Kansas. Kansas. Okay. <laughs> That that then he he let, what a what a unique resume he led Louisville for a season. Yep. Um, that guy has uh, all sorts of perspective. Yeah. When it comes to the big college basketball markets, I'd say absolutely. I think he'll do a great job. 
We are going to head to a break. We appreciate you tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. we got an entire hour ahead of us. I'm Kelly Patrick, at the Kelly Patrick on Twitter. we got our man Gary Love, at Scouting You on Twitter. I want to thank our man Douglas Wolverton for running the boards for us this morning. Be sure to stay tuned. Gary and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Second hour, talking all things in the world of sports, specifically previewing this upcoming Saturday's game between the Louisville Cardinals and the Kentucky Wildcats. game will be played at 2 o'clock p.m. at the Yum Center. Um, in the first hour, we talked a lot about our memories of the rivalry. And I, I said to Gary, this is the most autopilot show of the year because we just kind of get to preview it and we know this is the these are the hits okay and we're going to stick to it um there's there's some other sporting events that are going on uh saturday uh the 29th not only will there be louisville and kentucky but actually there's a pay-per-view event for ufc john jones is Mm -hmm. fighting you see that i've seen that um, I'm not going to get into the details of a bunch of stuff that nobody cares about, but John Jones, in my opinion, probably the greatest MMA fighter ever, uh, gets to rematch with the guy who probably gave him his most difficult test thus far is Gustafson. Yeah. So we'll get to see that. Um, I'll be tuning in to watch it Saturday night. Um, Lamar Jackson's doing good as an NFL starter for the Ravens. Five and one, isn't he? Five and one. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. He didn't particularly have a great game last night. He's nope. twelve out of twenty-two. But all you need is a win. Yeah. Will Will it? You know, will he go on to a a career where he wins eighty something percent of his games? I don't know. You know, maybe not. But what the Ravens are doing right now is they're winning. Yep. They're running the ball. Obviously, when you have a quarterback like that. Uh, that runs for so many yards himself, and then you spread it out with the running backs too, you're going to have a, a, a team that, you know, what probably will end up leading the NFL in rushing. I mean, that's how it works. Yeah. Now, is that style conducive to a long-term career in the NFL? That's the question. Yeah, um, It may be. We'll see. But yeah. right now, 5-1, and one, I saw a stat. Did you see I retweeted that, Gary? Uh-uh. Um, they were breaking down, and I'm looking back at it, Kelly Dickey, who does the great job with the Louisville uh, historical statistics and uh, analysis, I retweeted, said, all right, so NFL record as starting quarterback by former Louisville players. Yeah. Johnny Unitas is 118-63 and four ties. So obviously Johnny Unitas is the gold standard yeah. for NFL success at the quarterback position for guys that played for Louisville. Number two, Teddy Bridgewater, 17 and 11. Yeah. Already he's number two. Okay. Number three, Lamar Jackson, five and one, five wins as a starter in the NFL. He's already number three. So if you're talking about 
historical significance and place in the record books, Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater are already right there at number two and three for the, the most success as an NFL quarterback. Then you have Chris Redman at four and eight, Brownie Nagel at four and ten, Ed Rubbert at three and zero, oh, Brian Brom at zero oh and two, and Dave Ragone at zero oh and two. Hmm. Yeah. I now, remember. I remember Brownie Nagel. Yeah. Playing in a softball league with him. Oh yeah. About thirty years ago. Okay. So he. I mean, matter of fact, I think he still played a little. I was. I was just a teenager. It's always wild to me how how great of athletes. Quarterbacks are, okay, to stick on this, quarterbacks, but also pitchers in baseball. If you have somebody who's like, yeah, I was a pitcher in college baseball, that guy can play golf. Mm-hmm. He's got a jump shot. And although I grew up playing basketball for countless hours, you show me an average college pitcher and match me up against him for basketball, he's he's kicking my ass. Yeah. And he's probably got a pretty good handicap on the golf course. Not always. But they just kind of, you know, athletes are athletes. It's wild, these, so many of these guys. So, so uh, a guy who, who deserves to be mentioned also on that list, I don't think he actually ever started a game in the NFL, was familiar to the weekend sports was. We've spoke of him recently. Not Brian Brom, but Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom. He was, you know, had some success at the Arena League, but also was a backup for the 49ers for years. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, he, he earned some money. I've always said it. XFL fame? Yeah, XFL fame with the famous quotes. I've always said it, being a backup quarterback in the NFL is kind of the best gig around. Jerry Lorenzen got a Super Bowl ring off of it. Wow. For the Giants. He said, I've never made so much holding a clipboard and getting a Super Bowl ring. So, Guys like Rodney Pete, Mark Sanchez is still in the NFL. Yep. I mean, there's countless examples of guys like that. Uh Cowboys coach. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. He's a backup to Troy Aikman yeah. for years. So yeah. you're the guy holding, as you said, holding the clipboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're in those meetings. You're in the, at the practices. You know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another thing that I forgot to mention, too, is Lamar Jackson got helped a lot last night for John Harbaugh. They uh, announced today he's going to keep, keep his contract for next year. People thought he was going to get let go. So they're going to keep him, and they're working on an extension. And he's a huge Lamar Jackson fan. He should be. Yeah. Of course he's a Lamar Jackson fan. Uh, of course, Bobby Petrino's a Lamar Jackson fan, too. And you know who else is? Nick Petrino. <laughs> because <laughs> so we hire Nick Petrino next year for quarterback I don't know, coach? but remember, I rewatched uh, with my girlfriend, I rewatched that Lamar Jackson Heisman Trophy acceptance speech mm-hmm. the other day just to kind of revisit that. Bring your... Bring your uh, Morale back up, back up. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. For the Louisville <laughs> after the two and ten season, um, but he said in that speech, "I just want to thank Nick Petrino." And then Lamar Jackson's gone, and the next year, Louisville fans are like, "Oh my goodness, Nick Petrino sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks without Lamar Jackson." So yeah, I believe Harbaugh likes Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I believe Bobby Petrino probably likes him too. Uh, I think now. Is that going to continue to work at the, the NFL level? I don't know, but hell of a start. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when you have the respective defenses, like Lamar Jackson is um, acquiring the respect of everybody. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got to respect him for at least being able to run. Yep. Uh, that op- Sometimes it, 
in theory, can open things up to where you have some nice passes. You know, you don't have to be the best passer ever if everybody's stacking the box. If you got eight guys in the box, you fake the run, you fake out that way. Oh, and then I'm passing. That guy's wide open. I just got to hit him. And then your confidence starts building. Um, If he can stay healthy, man, I I don't know. This could be good. It could be a a, a lightning in a bottle type situation. Yeah, he, uh, um, like you say, defenses have to have a linebacker keyed to him the whole time. If you got Tom Brady in the pocket, Oh, uh, you can double team a receiver because you know he's not going anywhere. It's a different game. Oh, absolutely. Doesn't mean he's as good as Tom Brady or he'll win. You know. I mean, how good is Baltimore's defense? I watched them. Last, I watched them play a little bit last night, and they're they're scary good. Uh, Zadarius Smith from Kentucky. Yep. He had a sack. Um, they had. I think their defense scored two two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So yeah, I mean they're they're really good. I mean. Lamar, the only thing he's got to do is not hurt them, and they'll be fine. You know, Lamar Jackson also, um, the defense, you mentioned the defense, they've got to love Lamar Jackson too. Yeah. You know what Lamar Jackson does is he eats up the clock. Absolutely. He keeps the opposing quarterback off the field. That's significant. Yeah, I think last week, last week they had the ball for a quarter almost nine and a half minutes on a drive. I mean, that's you're talking about a fresh defense. Got a uh, tweet from our man Brian the Insider, at Brian the Insider, said, got to mention Russ Smith and his posterized dunk over. Was it Julius Randle? Yes. Okay, yes. so you can't, can't forget that. No, not at all. Not at all. Then uh, uh, Russ Smith always played good against Kentucky. So... <laughs> It's because he didn't have a conscience. What, what were yeah. we describing earlier? Yeah, for sure. The defensive back? Um, yeah. <clears throat> Russ, it's like this. You, If you're a defensive back and you get burnt for a deep touchdown, you got to forget about it. Mm-hmm. If you're a shooter, if you're Luke Hancock or Tyler Hero, and you know you're a shooter, you got to keep shooting. Mm-hmm. Then there's a whole different element to where confidence can come from, and that's called, let's call it the Russ Smith factor. <laughs> it's where you've missed your last 19 shots, yeah, and you're still going to take a, a – a, a, You hit that 20. A one-on-five fast break and shoot an off-balance layup. And you make that one, and then everything's fine. And yep. and I'm not, you know, it's not a shot at Russ. That's just what it was. <laughs> oh, I've yeah. never seen anything like what Russ Smith did. Um, Malik Monk was the same way. Okay. Miss your first 15, you hit your next one, like, oh, I'm on fire. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, shooters have to shoot. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzzline now. we got our man Marcus is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Marcus? Well, I had to call in with a couple of quick corrections for you, Kelly. Please. What do you have for us? Well, I, I, I hate to point this out, but alcohol is the best thing that ever <laughs> happens to anyone. Okay. Okay, why? You, you, you can take a complete asshole and put two drinks into him, and then he's your friend. You can take a woman who is afraid of everything on earth and give her two drinks, and she'll walk out on the sky bridge at the Grand Canyon. Now, the thing is, alcohol is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful invention. The federal government has said that not drinking at all is as bad for your health as smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> the secret is, you. Ha- it, the thing that's bad for you is way too much alcohol. Okay. So, you know, when, 
you get into the whole, well, I drank a 12-pack and then fought my best friend, and now we're both in prison. <laughs> you can't just say we were drinking and got into a fight. You have to quantify. You have to quantify in life. Alexander Dumas once wrote that the secret to life and the secret to happiness is basically yeah, everything's relative. In order to experience great joy, you first have to know great despair. Okay. I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm okay with that, Marcus. I, I appreciate, as always, we appreciate your call, and, and uh, thank you for your perspective on alcohol. You, alcohol can be used in a responsible way, so I'll go with you on that, Marcus. Just like religion, right? Okay. That's fair. Very rational. Did Kentucky win yesterday? Kentucky did. Kentucky beat North Carolina on a neutral site yesterday. I thought they looked great, Marcus. Well, I didn't get to watch the game, but I'm glad that they won uh, for the Kentucky fans so they can go into the Christmas holiday on a happy note. Uh, I just think that that's a microcosm, too, of the overreaction of the sports culture on a short-term basis because when Kentucky lost to Duke, you can hear the sound of ankles breaking all over the country from people jumping off that bandwagon. I agree. Yeah. You know, and now that they've won, a lot of those people are trying to get those ankles taped up so they can get back on there. So, you know, progress over the season. Who, who, who was the last team that was the preseason favorite, ran the table, and won the title? Indiana, right? 40-something years ago? Yeah, 76. Yeah, so let's have some perspective on that. Just like, and you know I had to bring this up, I heard you guys mention the, my uh, former Patriot player, Josh Gordon, who, uh, like you said, Gary, lives in a world of his own where he can do what he wants and never get drug tested. But as soon as Josh Gordon was released, you know, th- that night I saw on ESPN that same jackass that said many times, oh, this is the end for the Patriots. This is the end for the Patriots. He was all over it. Anybody who's dumb enough to think that the loss of one player who's not named Tom Brady spells the end of the Patriots dynasty should be fired from their job immediately for stupidity. Hey, I got a question for you, Marcus. Uh, are, are the Patriots in danger of uh, playing a wild card game? Yeah. Because you know that. I don't know if you guys remember, but at the beginning of the season, I picked the Patriots to go 10 and 6. Yeah. And possibly lose in the first round of the playoffs. But I'll tell you what, as the season has progressed and the fact that Chris Hogan is healthy, Gronkowski's healthy, Julian Edelman's healthy, and there's nothing wrong with Tom Brady, I, I kind of reneged on that a little bit. I do think they'll finish 11 and 5 and end up with a first round bye because I don't see the Texans winning both of their last two games. Yeah. I just think I've seen a. Uh... I've seen a uh, thing where the Patriots in a wild card game, they're 3-3 three and three and they've never been to a Super Bowl after playing in a wild card game. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people forget, too, that there's really three different eras of the Tom Brady era. There was the first four years when he was the starter and they won three Super Bowls and went 9-0 and in the playoffs. Then there was the middle section of his career where they went 9-9. Nine and nine in the playoffs, and lost two Super Bowls. Now, I know getting there is a huge achievement. I'm not knocking them like an idiot. And then there's the more recent run where they've been to three Super Bowls and won two of them. But that in-between era, if that's coming around again, you know, I mean, yeah, they were there every year, except when he got hurt. 
But, yeah, wild card games, that's not their thing. And you know who the Patriots really don't want to play is Baltimore. Oh, wow. What, what are your thoughts on the Patriots versus Baltimore Ravens matchup in the playoffs? Well, I hate to see that because it's a it's the kind of game that drives me nuts. Uh, it's a it always turns into a grinded out slugfest. Uh, I've seen the, the the Ravens beat the Patriots in the playoffs, and I've seen the Patriots squeeze one out against the Ravens in the playoffs. But it always seems to come down, and I hate to, to admit it, to whether or not the Ravens make a play at the end of the game. The year that they did, they won. The year that they didn't, I swear, I think they threw an interception in the end zone and the Patriots came away with the victory. So, frankly, I'd rather play any other team in the AFC in the playoffs rather than Baltimore. What are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson and his prospects or, you know, his potential to continue this amazing start to his NFL starting career that he has going right now? Well, I I love Lamar Jackson, and I have to tell you, I heard a couple of guys on another rival radio station of yours a couple of days ago talking about how when it came down to the last few picks of the draft this year, they were going, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, don't go to the Patriots, don't go to the Patriots, and I was doing the exact opposite. Because I would love to have Lamar Jackson on the Patriots. I think that the key to him being able to continue this success, Baltimore's already working on it. Instead of using him as a you know a one-year novelty act, they've gone out and brought in coaches that understand what he can do, that understand the kind of offense you have to run for him to have this success, and, and hired them on a permanent basis just to work with Lamar. The Baltimore is doing the thing that a team has to do to win when your quarterback is a little bit different than everybody else. Instead of saying, well, this is our system – so we're going to break this round peg until it fits into a square hole, they've said, hey, guess what? We're going to adjust our offense over so that it fits Lamar. So, I mean, you know, the kabat is the same with any player, especially a guy that's built like Lamar that likes to run. If his spine doesn't get broken running the ball 20 times a game, I really think that he'll have a great career. Wow, okay. It's amazing. I'm a lifelong Cincinnati Bengals fan, obviously the AFC North, but there you have it. For the sake of the weekend sports buzz and going forward, I am on board with this Baltimore Ravens train and Lamar Jackson. I mean, how exciting for the Louisville fan base who just experienced a 10 and I'm sorry. Oh yeah, not 10 and 2. 2 and 10 season to <laughs> to enjoy football now, get to enjoy football right now with Lamar Jackson uh, leading the, the, the Ravens into the playoffs, potentially. Who knows? I mean, they're looking good, Marcus. Well, when Pittsburgh loses today at New Orleans, which we all know they're going to do, the whole narrative about Pittsburgh being a great team will die like it should. And then people will realize Baltimore, Pittsburgh loses today, Baltimore loses next week. Doesn't Baltimore win the division? Looks like it, yes. Amazing. So then they're in. Maybe Pittsburgh's out. Who knows what kind of damage Baltimore can do once they get in there. The only thing that I worry about is that the way the NFL is built now, and it wasn't this way five years ago, ten years ago, or any time in the past, but the way it is now, 
there's going to come a game where you have some breakdowns or you get out schemed, and to win a game in the playoffs, you're going to have to put up 31, 35 points to win a playoff game. And I just don't know if Baltimore can do that. Okay. We'll have to wait and see. Everybody's engaged and looking forward to uh, the rest of the NFL season and then the playoffs, obviously. Marcus, before we let you go, can I get a prediction for who wins this Louisville and Kentucky game on Saturday at 2 o'clock? Where are they playing? Yum Center. I'll take Louisville. Okay. Louisville's going to win, according to Marcus. Marcus, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. Uh, Merry Christmas to both of you. Merry Christmas to you, Marcus. Thank you. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Once again, I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my man Gary Love for Douglas Wolverton running the boards over there. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Stay tuned. I need them. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Gary Love talking all things in the world of sports and what the hot button topics are today. And in my opinion, those two for the sake of the Weekend Sports Buzz and the local market, Gary, are Lamar Jackson leading the Ravens. He's 5-1 and one as a starter. Uh, Marcus was just describing how, yeah, the, the, the Ravens and... John Harbaugh appears to have a... I mean, he was on the hot seat. Oh, yeah. He very much so on the hot seat. The Harbaugh's were not doing too great very recently. And Lamar Jackson uh, has, at least currently, has appeared to come to fruition for the sake of the uh, draft choice the Ravens used. And, and they're winning games. So, I mean, that's the goal is to win games. You do not have to win games exactly like the Patriots win games. No. You don't have to do it in a certain way. And if it's gimmicky or if it's different, by all means, do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. If the alternative is losing, a do win, it. A win is a win. A win is a win. How long will this last? The Michael Vick experiment? I, I hate to continually compare Lamar Jackson to Michael Vick, but, I mean, that's really all we got, yeah. right? Well, you got Randall Cunningham. He was, yeah, but, I mean, we look at his, his rushing. He ran the ball, yeah. but, I mean, not to this degree. He wasn't nowhere near the athlete. Michael fast. Vick and Lamar Jackson are both arguably maybe the best athletes in the NFL at that time, maybe. Are you think, yeah. Am I exaggerating there? No. Is Lamar Jackson maybe the best athlete in the NFL? Right now? Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. I mean, overall athleticism, passing, running, everything. I mean, he's just a freak. Yeah. There's other guys. I'm more interested in the least athletic player in the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger. Is he the least? I think it's got to be either him or... uh, Brady. Brady. Tom Brady, who's maybe the best. I mean, it's wild that athleticism does not go hand-in-hand with success at the quarterback position. But, so the main story would be, I'd say, Lamar Jackson and his, um, I don't even know how to describe it, the the positive momentum the Ravens have going, but also us previewing this game Saturday at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it. I, I predict 
Kentucky will win the game by four points. Even though it's at Yum Cent- the Yum Center, I think it'll be a close game. Yeah, I think the Louisville the Louisville fans will be obviously disappointed with the loss, but it won't be a horrible outing. Chris Mack will handle himself with class. I do not think we will see a repeat of that first matchup between Rick Pitino and John Calipari. It's not as hostile. No, this is not the same. Chris Mack can be hostile, and he can lead a team into hostile environments and things like that, but there's not the connection that it's a, a damn former coach of the Wildcats. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. In hindsight. That's what it was. Of course. Yeah. Of course you're going to have a super hostile, uh, you know, era. Yeah. When you hire the former coach for your rival. I mean, that, that right? I mean, there's no way around that. What's your prediction for the game, Gary? 78-75 Kentucky. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Three-point win. I just think Kentucky's – they're starting to click a little bit. Their defense is getting better. And all the UK fans every single year that panic, they don't realize this is 10 years in a row that the same thing has happened. You would think they'd be used to it by now. But, yeah, I think they're getting better. It's all predicted 67 to 67 to 63 win for Kentucky. So not quite as high of a scoring game. Yeah. I think it will be a little sloppy. I don't think either of these teams are, you know, that was a sloppy game yesterday against North Carolina. Yeah, a bunch of turnovers. It was, and there were some bad shots, and I know yep. they're not pros. Right. You know, uh, our man Brian mentioned that he was with his grandson watching some NBA action last night, and I think it went into three overtimes. Yeah. NBA is a, a unique deal because everybody can hit open shots, and, you know, it's a different deal. Yeah. College basketball's inherently prone to being pretty sloppy. And, yeah. and we saw that yesterday from, from North Carolina and at times from Kentucky, too. What I liked about Kentucky's performance yesterday was they shot a pretty high percentage shots, really. Yeah. They were getting the ball inside, and they were sometimes they'd miss them, but they were not taking what I thought were dumb shots. They were right. moving the ball well, and I, I think offensively that, that's very encouraging for the Kentucky fan base. Yeah, they, they wouldn't take in panic shots, rush shots, everything they shot pretty much. Like all their jumpers were open. So, yeah, they were taking great shots. Um, <clears throat> let's not skip over this. Speaking of Rick Pitino, you think he takes that job in Greece? I think he does. And you they said so? that he's going to coach his first game here on the 27th. Wow. <laughs> I just seen this stat. That Tim Sullivan put out. It says uh, former Rick Pitino considering taking coaching gig with Greek European Euroleague owner who threatened to kill referees, <laughs> have sex with their mothers, wives, and children after a win. I, I read that too. That's wild. <laughs> that, that's a relationship that's going to last very long. It could. I don't know. It, it could be very volatile. I just don't think. Personally, I don't think it's a good move. You don't. No. He's wanting to get back. Yeah, he wants to coach. I think he's a college coach. Remember when, when John Calipari had his issues at Memphis mm-hmm. and he took a year where he was on the bench, I think a full season, maybe not even a full season, with Larry Brown in Philly? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That didn't seem like the best transition at the time probably. You could have poked, poked holes in that. I'm not saying that Rick's going to have another chapter where he leads a team to national championships. I don't know. Right. But at times, you got to, if you have a rocky, obviously Rick just had a very rocky situation occur. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while with Louisville. Yeah. Um, 
but sometimes the coaching moves are a little different, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not always a conventional path. Yeah. I mean, I, Rick needs to get out of the country is what I'm hearing. Yeah, he's toxic right now. I mean, Cal just got fired from the jet, from the, the Nets, so he went to Philly for a year. He didn't have anything what Patino's got. It's going to have to take a lower-level college get, job to, that wants to get their attendance up and take a chance on you. But I just think he's a college coach. He had one winning season in the NBA. So, it may be a good I just don't think one He only had one winning season, in the and NBA. that was with the Knicks. Yes. In 85 with Mark Jackson as a rookie, I think. Um, no, like that. it was uh, 88, I believe. Okay. It was the year before we got to Kentucky. Okay. Yep. He brought them into the playoffs. Yes. I don't know how they did, but I, I think well, they did yeah. make the playoffs. Mark Jackson, Patrick Ewing. Yeah, I think they won 52 games that year. Okay. Yeah. But every other year he coached, they, they had losing records. It is amazing, and our man Brian, the insider, just tweeted at me again, uh, how amazing it is for Louisville to even be in the game in the first year with Mac, you know, without, you know, the probation, none of his recruits. I think I think the narrative of Louisville not having any talent is so false. I mean, they've got like seven four-star recruits on that team. Okay. They have Steve Enoch, which was a high recruit. So people act like that. There's no talent on that team. Okay, yeah. So I guess what I mean is 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 to try to articulate what he's saying is to even be in the – to where it's projected as being a close game, they might win this game. Yeah. And if they do, if the Louisville fans have a win in, in Chris Mack's first year, mm-hmm. we can start to see a little bit of what I would say is a healthy despise for Chris Mack from the Kentucky fans. Because then you're going to see an arrogant side of the Louisville fan base. Yeah. Where you're like, look, we just came in and we don't <laughs> – He's only got a couple of his guys. I mean, yeah. Chris Mack's a better coach than John Calipari. What happens when you start hearing that? I heard it for 10 years. I've heard every coach in America is better coach than Cal, so it, it don't bother me at all. Oxmore Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram. Buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. we got our man, good friend of the show, longtime friend of the show. Chris Embry is on the line with us. Chris, how are you this morning? Doing great. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing, doing good. Doing very well. What do you have for us this morning, Chris? Well, I just wanted to talk about the upcoming Louisville-Kentucky basketball game and give my prediction at the end. Uh, I wanted to hit on uh, one of the uh, past games we've had uh, in this rivalry that uh, myself and Gary went to. You talked about it in the first hour. Uh, we went to the... Uh, uh, Freedom Hall, I guess it was one of the last years of Freedom Hall, and uh, it was the game that Edgar Sosa hit the buzzer beater to beat Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky fan, as you guys know, uh, so I didn't like the outcome, but it was one of the best games I've ever been to, the only Louisville-Kentucky basketball game I've attended live, and uh, I only have great memories of that day. We... Uh, we had a real good time. Yeah, there was a little little silliness at the end, but it was a great day. Uh, and Edgar Sosa made history for Louisville that game, and uh, I'll always remember. The, at- um, the atmosphere was Louisville crazy. Wasn't it, Chris? Yeah. How, how good was the atmosphere there? It was the most electric. I'd put that game and the other game uh, you and I went to, uh, Kentucky versus Cincinnati, when Rondo – 
Oh, uh, yeah. was shooting lights out. 2005 uh, up in Indianapolis. Yes, sir. Yeah. That was a great game. And thanks to my cousin, Gary, uh, I was able to go to these games and, uh, we had a great time, uh, memories for the rest of our life. It was awesome. Chris, we, we appreciate your call as always. We look forward to getting you back into the, the studio with us soon. Um, What's your prediction for Saturday? My prediction is both uh, teams are going to have a very good defensive game. Uh, I think it will start out as a low-scoring affair, uh, but I think uh, Ryan McMahon will start hitting uh, a few outside shots. Um, Hopefully one of the Kentucky players will be on point on the – from three and my prediction basically comes down and this is just my prediction i've got uh kentucky 85 louisville 77 okay um i think louisville's gonna have a great game i just think kentucky is putting it together now obviously louisville can put it together just like kentucky did against north carolina um that very well could happen but as of right now that's my prediction that is a big um, scoring difference to be in the Yum Center, and I understand that, but uh, that's the way I see it. So we'll see how that turns out, and I hope it's a great game and everybody uh, can have a clean game and there's no fights. I agree with you, Chris. As always, we appreciate your contributions to the Weekend Sports Buzz, Chris. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have a great uh, Christmas and a Happy New Year. You too. Good stuff there from our man, Chris Embry. We appreciate him, as always. Um, I want to remind our listeners, once again, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the buzz line now, where we have our man, The Truth, is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Truth? Good morning, Merry Christmas. We'll tell everybody Merry Christmas. Yes, sir. Okay. There's so much going on. Let's let's get your dog. We need to talk about Indiana basketball team. Are you surprised about You know, I kind of am. I know. I knew that they had talent. I knew that uh, Juwan Morgan coming back was significant, and, and Romeo Lankford obviously was a very talented incoming freshman. I didn't think they'd be ranked number 22 right now. Gary, did you? No. Uh, I t- I, I've been trying to tell you, they are, people, they overrated. They, they, are, they are a top 15 team right now. And here's, let me thought what I've been telling you, if Indiana can get Trey, uh, 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 I can't, uh, Thompson, Ray Thompson, uh, Ray healthy, Thompson. Yep. get him healthy, and, and, uh, Get the other freshman from uh, uh, out of Ohio. Get him healthy. You better look out. We better look out. We just ain't had everybody healthy. And we ain't seen the real Romeo play like in New Albany yet, neither. That's scary, too. Indiana has had some contributions from guys they weren't really, or we were not really expecting to. I think Finnessy is the name of the, the guy who's really stepped up and is playing some good minutes yeah. for the Hoosiers. Hit the game it winner last not, week. It does not pass me about him. Only reason why he wasn't ranked, because he played on an AAU team. He, uh, he didn't have no players who could play with him. He's, he's a top 20 player 
and he's playing like a top 20 player. Okay. Well, great stuff. Then, uh, Truth, as always, we appreciate you talking about the Hoosiers. I'm sorry, what what do you have for us? What about baseball? You know me, you always, your sister, Cincinnati Reds, made a big trade to what? the. Uh, uh, look out. The what, Reds trying to do something. Yeah, what do you think about that? Yasiel Puig is, if nothing else, he's polarizing. He's got all the potential and the talent in the world. What do you think of this trade for the Reds? I think it's good because, uh, uh, I mean, he's coming to a ballpark where he can knock a lot of home runs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at it. We know it's a, one, a lot of one-deal uh, 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 contract, but – he he can do some big. He's not in where he uh, in a big circle, but he's in Cincinnati where he can make a name for himself. He are, uh, by himself. So I'll let y'all go, and I just wanted to say Happy New Year's. God bless you. Great stuff there for a man. The truth, as always. Thank you, Truth. Um, I love it. And and Gary, we gotta. I'm not saying I'm eating crow because I wasn't saying the Hoosiers are going to be horrible this right. year. I didn't know. Yeah. But for them to be ranked number 22 overall yeah. uh, right now, I'm impressed. I'm on board with the uh, Archie Miller uh, season yeah. thus far. Juwan Morgan had a triple-double the other night. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the weekend sports buzz. We're talking, obviously, Truth brought it back up, Cincinnati Reds. in the big trade, I love it. Hoosiers basketball, Cardinals basketball, Wildcat basketball, and also Lamar Jackson leading the Ravens. Yeah into the playoffs. Yep. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. When you get tight, you're in the game. Tight game. Come on, man. Can't do without it. You know I love it. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Final segment of the show this morning. Talking... The hot topics here locally, Gary, I continually say it, but right now I'll say Lamar Jackson leading the Ravens into the playoffs is huge. I I went over earlier Kelly Dickey's tweet Mm -hmm. about, obviously, Johnny Unitas uh, and the other quarterbacks who had success in the NFL after uh, coming out, out of Louisville. Lamar Jackson's shooting his way right up that list. I mean, already. He's number three. Teddy Bridgewater, 17-11 at number two. Mm-hmm. But how high is the ceiling for this Lamar Jackson experiment? And how? what would have happened? I mean, it's funny how Bobby Petrino will forever be somewhat etched into both of Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson's stories. Yeah. Bobby Petrino... Say what you will about him. I don't think he's the nicest guy in the world. No. Have you picked up on that? <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but he's got an offensive mind. Yes. And I'm not going to say he created Lamar Jackson or he gave him his athleticism or anything like that, but he's got some visions. And he thought going to Atlanta was where it's at in 2007. Yeah. Yeah, 2007. Uh, then Michael Vick went to prison, okay? Yeah. Uh, what would have happened if he'd stayed healthy? I don't know if he would have stayed healthy, but, you know, if he didn't go to prison and they could have seen this come to fruition at the NFL level. It's not common, but Lamar Jackson, similar light. Yeah. It looks like maybe it'll work. I don't know. Yeah. It's exciting. But you know what? To tell you the truth, 
Petrino has never been a dual threat quarterback kind of guy. He's always liked his guy to stay in the pocket. Except for the year that he won the Heisman. Yeah, so I don't know if the Michael Vick thing would have worked. Except he, 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 he let Lamar Jackson do what he needed to do to win he the did. Heisman. He did. And, you know, he waited almost too long because his first two years there, he kind of held him back a little bit. Or his first year there, he kind of held him back a little bit. Sophomore year, of course, he – I just remember that he was a three-star, and we always heard how athletic he was. Yep. Um, and then that second year that he was on campus, they were like, yeah, he's our starter. And I was kind of like, what the hell? Does this guy even know how to pass? Yep. It's difficult to, in in hindsight to look back and kind of remember how that was at the time. Yeah. But I was like, okay, he's a good athlete, but are you serious? He's the starting quarterback? Oh, yeah. And then sure enough, he was. Carried the team, carried Nick Petrino um, to relevance mm-hmm. because absent of Lamar Jackson – I think we safe to say that team was garbage. Yes. I mean they they've got the safety. What's his name? Who's doing real well right now? Oh, uh, for the Packers. Yeah, damn it. You can't can't remember his name. I'll remember it, but but really they had some talent. You know, a lot of them guys though, they give them their star rankings because there's so many of them. They can't evaluate all of them, so most of them are two. Josh Allen was a two star. Two star. Two star. Wow. Six two, two ten coming out of high school. He was a wide receiver. And Kentucky saw him and his only other offer was Monmouth. So it's just guys like that that don't go to all these all star camps that don't get evaluated. But yeah, I mean that was a great find by Lamar Thomas when he was a wide receivers coach at Louisville. I'm sitting here looking at all these games and how much trouble is Steve offered in at UCLA? Wow, that's it's not looking good for him, is it? He's lost his team. They're seven and five, and they don't listen to. I watched the last two games, and they don't listen to nothing he says. Uh, he yesterday I seen a guy take a three, and he's up in the guy's ear, opposing Ohio State guy, clapping in his ear, trying to get him to miss the three. Steve offered, and so it's kind of it's it's almost like he's just checked out. So. I think he's probably gone this year, and a lot of people saying, "Don't be surprised if Rupertino don't get that job." Wow, I have, it's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, what do you think of that? I don't know. I, I'm confident Rick Pitino is a good coach. I, I am too, and I, not and, just and, a good coach, one of the best ever. And I think he's a and and to get fans in the stand, UCLA never sells out their arena. So you get somebody that whole pro, high profile back in that seat. You'll see fans start to come out again. We're in a two-hour show, and Gary, you waited till ten fifty-five. Five minutes left in the show to drop that on me. Yep. Do you think that's a legitimate consideration? It, I think it's a hypothetical. I don't know. I think he's going to have to start from the bottom, keep his nose clean for a little bit. Um, another thing I want to make a point: you ever watched uh, Bill Walton or listen to Bill Walton do a game? Oh yeah. Oh, he's hilarious. He's, uh, he's out there. He did the Kansas game. Kansas get beat last night. Uh, he did the game last night. He said, Arizona State needs to wake up. They're getting run out of their own gym. And the, the guy he's doing, he's like, it's 20 to 12. <laughs> he said, oh, I don't care. They're getting blown out. <laughs> he, he just makes me laugh. Some of the innuendo he comes up with. Well, you know, he's – he's. Uh, I like him. He's funny. He's obviously got the historic – his son's doing good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Okay. I think he's done all right. Doing all right. Yeah. But, I mean, doing all right when you're coaching LeBron is 
what that means is you're deferring to LeBron. Yes. Ty, Ty, Ty Lue did good. Yeah. And as soon as he, as soon as LeBron Because what's the alternative? Good? You're going to be like, no, I'm running the show. Yeah. Then you get fired the next day. Yeah, you but can't they, do that. What about Anthony Davis? You think he's going to go to the Lakers? I, I mean, it'd be exciting. It would be very exciting. He came out and said, I, I'm more worried about my legacy than I am money because he'd be leaving $90 million on the table. He came out and said, I'm more worried about my legacy than I am money. Yes. He said, he's not money. Don't do anything for him. So what are they talking about during the off season this yes. year? Yes. He can do that? I think he's a, rest- a restricted free agent. Okay. What and about Boogie? What's When's Boogie going to be playing in the G League? Uh, I think he may actually be back in February. I think he's they've sent him down. And then I think he should be back with the Golden State in February. Okay, but is he is he playing in the G League? I don't know. Uh, you didn't see him dunk on uh, Kevin Durant the other day? Kevin Durant got mad and said he walked, <laughs> said he traveled. <laughs> but he's, he seems to be doing all right. Okay. But you never know until you get out there and run him down that court either. NBA is wild to follow. You know the, the Denver Nuggets have the best record in the West? I mean, what the hell? I, I don't even know. Jamal Murray effect. <laughs> okay. Starting point guard. Well, best team in the West. Yeah. And Kentucky's got so many guys littered across the NBA. It's insane. The other night in one game, they had seven guys on the floor from both the teams. From That's Kentucky. all. That's, That's it. all. That's it. Total in that, in that game or the guys that actually played? Or in you that mean, game that was on the floor at the same out of time. of ten guys on the court, seven of them were from Kentucky. Wow. How long can that continue? I don't know. It don't look like it's ending anytime soon. I mean, they're, they they may have one or two guys go this year, but that's it. Reed Travis graduates. I think P.J. Washington's gone and Kelton Johnson's gone. I think the rest of them right now today come back. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the weekend sports buzz this morning. I'm Kelly Patrick. On Twitter, at the Kelly Patrick. We got our man Gary Love on Twitter. Is at Scouting You. Once again, I want to thank also, as always, our man Dugan Ryan for allowing us to be on the airwaves. We are the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville and southern Indiana market. I want to thank our man Douglas Wolverton for running the boards this morning Mm -hmm. and for the continued support of our show. We've been on the air now for over seven years. I love it. It's therapy for me each week. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody, and we look forward to, to joining you back. A week from today, 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. Thank you very much.